Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls if you never read another passage of scripture read that one pull it about apart take it to pieces you know just see exactly what God has done for us in Christ Jesus and what he is currently doing and what Peter will say basically is even though for a little while if necessary you've been in the pit <laughs> nonetheless God is protecting you through faith. As you call out to him, as you cry out to him, you receive the protection and the deliverance of God. And that is an ongoing, continuous thing. You constantly need to be saved, delivered, uh, protected, because you are at the mercy otherwise of your flesh, of the world, and of the devil. So you need the constant protection of God. And that is what he promises to every believer in the Lord Jesus, his constant protection. He doesn't promise that you will never have a difficulty or a trial. He doesn't promise that everything in your life will go smoothly. But he does promise that the essential you, the you inside that he is changing and transforming and making into the image of Jesus, that you is being protected and you will know it this is the thing ours is a conscious reasonable faith we don't have a faith in something that we can't understand or we can't uh, even uh, get an idea of we don't have faith in something that we cannot reason in our minds if you um, our Christi Christianity is a reasoning faith and anyone who says you had to be a Christian you've got to take a leap off a cliff does not understand the gospel does not understand. The only person who takes a leap off a cliff is Christ himself. You n never have to because you're putting your trust in the one who did that for you. And so um, every, everywhere in the Bible, I could pick any other place in the Bible and you would read the same thing. God does not say you will never have a trial, but he says that he will be with you in it, that he will walk through the waters, Isaiah 41. When you walk through the waters, I will be with you. Um, yeah, so um, the session before lunch, I we went through 103, Psalm 103, and I asked you a lot of questions um, about your individual response to the way that God deals with you and um, asked you about, um, uh, or I said that if God, if you are not blessing God, if you are not thanking God, if you are not noticing his work in your life, if you don't feel that he's he's lifted you from any particular pit for a long time, then perhaps you need to be uh, coming to the Lord and asking him to open your eyes, open the eyes of your faith um, so that you can actually see his work. Um, so if I were to ask you then to think about or to tell me about, tell us about how God is working in your life now, 
How is good working in your life now? And I'm not going to ask anybody because there'll be people here, here who can tell me a massive load of things about what God is doing. And then there will be people here who say, well, I don't think he is. I don't think God is working in my life at the moment. Not at least, at least nothing that I can see. And do you know what the answer to that is? The answer to anybody who says God is not at work in my life or God isn't working in my life at the moment, what is the answer? It's that is impossible because God is always at work and he is always protecting and always caring and always delivering and always sanctifying and always blessing and always doing those things. So do you believe in the Lord Jesus? That's the first thing you need to be asking yourself. Do I really believe in the Lord Jesus? Do I know what it means to believe in Christ? Have I put my trust in Christ? Do I know him as my personal Lord and Savior? That's the first thing. And do you live in him? Do you abide in him? Do his words abide in you? Do you make it your business to fill your mind with the word of God? I know that most of you do because most of you come here every week and I see that. So I know that this is a question that you probably say yes to. But these are questions for other people too, believers that you know, people who profess to know Christ. Could they tell you how he's been at work in their lives this last week? Are they abiding in him? Are his words abiding in them? Do you make it your business to know the will of God? Do you search for the will of God? Do you ask for his will? Do you tell him that you will have his will rather than your own will? So, if you're not experiencing the, word of the um, work of God in your life, at this current moment, this week, this month, this day, then um, you need to find out why not and make it right. Make it right. Because God is always at work. If you're not experiencing it, it's because you've put something in the way. Um, because um, there's very little time left. I don't know about you, you know, how old you are. You might be still quite young. Some of you are, I think. So you've probably got a bit more time. But if Christ was to come back tomorrow, you would have only had today. If he comes back in a week's time, you'll have only had the next week. And what we do with it is what's important. Because I, for one, don't want to stand there at the end and find out that my life was just a complete waste. I'm not talking about my life before I knew Christ. I mean my life after I knew him. I do not want my life to be a complete waste. Um, somebody read out Esther chapter 4, verse uh, 14, please. Esther 4, 14. You see, it's possible as a believer to waste your life. It's possible to waste your life. But I can only imagine how terrible that will feel when you stand before the Lord and he shows you all the rubbish that you spent your time on. Esther 4, verse 14. Thank you. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Who knows that you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. No matter the pits we've been in, no matter what they, how bad they were, no matter what they were like, no matter what they're currently like, no matter how hard your life has been or how badly people have treated you, no matter what, almost certainly 99.9% .9 of this room, you live in a palace. 
You were born in a palace, you've lived in a palace, and you will die in a palace because you have been blessed materially and physically because you have been born in this part of the world. Now, I'm not saying that's everybody. I'm not saying that everybody feels that blessing. I'm not saying that everyone has an easy life. Don't get me wrong. But I am saying you're sitting in the room now. You're sitting upright. You can see and you can hear and you can write. You've got food to eat. You've got a place to live. You've got people who care about you. Therefore, you are blessed and you are in a palace. And what Mordecai says to Esther, anyone who knows the book of Esther, he says to her, you may not want to do what I'm asking you to do, but who knows that you're not in the palace for such a time as this. And that's my challenge to everyone here. And those who come on Tuesdays, you hear that so much. I'm sorry, it's boring. Who knows that you do not live in this palace for such a time as this. The whole world is desperate. The whole world is drowning in hopelessness and loneliness and despair. Some of you do jobs that sees that. Some of you have been in that despair recently. So you know how many people are there. And so you and I have a responsibility to be a witness to the whole world of the reality of the blessing and the life that there is in Jesus. Um, and I suppose what I want to finish with is Psalm 96 because uh, we cannot live the Christian life alone. You cannot live it alone. You can start a little bit and do okay for a while, but you know you lose a bit of oomph and um, you lose assurance, you lose the confidence, you lose so much of what you need to be strong and bold and courageous. Natalie, you said that to me when you came in, be strong and courageous, be bold and courageous. It's together we are bold and strong and courageous. It's together that we find the strength to live for Christ. It's together that we make a difference in the world that we live in. And so uh, Psalm 96 is a together psalm. And um, it begins with the verse actually that I first thought about sing a new song. It begins with the verse that I was thinking of, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods... <coughs> excuse me, of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. All of the Psalms, every single Psalm in the Bible is about Jesus. Every single one speaks of Jesus. Not necessarily by name, but by uh, Inference, thank you, and implication. Every psalm, every part of the Bible points to Jesus. Everything points to Jesus. Because without Jesus, everything is finished. Colossians will say, in him, everything holds together. He upholds all things by the power of his word. In Christ, John will say, um, in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
And the word took on flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. All things came into being through him, and nothing that has come into being came into being without him. Everything was created by Jesus and for Jesus and through Jesus. Every single thing, the floor we stand on, the air we breathe, the stars we see at night, everything is from and through and for Jesus. So the whole Bible is about Jesus. And it's about how we come to know him and exalt him for the King of Kings that he is and the Lord of Lords that he is and the Savior and the Redeemer and everything that he is and then how we make him known. How we make him known. Why will you bother making Christ known? Tell me, why, does it, why will you bother to do it? Yes, because people will go to hell. So what do you already know then? When you say that, Maureen, what do you know before you've said that? Well, I know that Jesus is the answer. Yeah, there you go. He's the answer. He's the only answer. And that's so arrogant. Shame on you, Maureen, to be so arrogant. It's so arrogant. I know. It's so arrogant for me to say the whole of the Bible points to Jesus. It's so arrogant for me to say that the whole world is this and that and the other thing. I don't say it. God says it. God says it. He says it in his word and he says it by his spirit. And he says it in each one of us as we come to that understanding. We know that we know that we know that we know that everything points to Jesus. So why is it that we are to tell of his glory among the nations? Why? So that everybody else knows what we know. Exactly. But this is actually Psalm 96. Yes, that's so true, Mike. And, but Psalm 96 is not about you. Oh, no, it's not about you. And it's not about your faith. It's not about my faith. It's about the faith of other people. It's about the faith of people we haven't yet met. It's about people who are desperate and afraid and alone and who need Christ Jesus. That's why we are to be together. Yes, we will be strengthened. Yes, our own faith will be made strong. Yes, we will learn to live righteously and we will be be holy and we will love God more and we will love each other more and that's all wonderful but the main purpose of fellowship the main purpose of Bible study the main purpose of worship the main purpose of it all is that we know our Lord Jesus better so that we can share him with people who don't know him yet Everything. I mean, I don't have to tell you that again. Matthew chapter 28, go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them to do all things that I've commanded you. There, there it is. His last words to his disciples, go and do this. Go and do this. Go and make disciples. Go and make people who follow me. Why? Why? Because he's some, you know, arrogant God, arrogant uh, person who wants everyone to follow him and no one can have any individual thought or anything from their own. Is that the reason? No, it's because if you don't follow him, you're walking the wrong way. And if you're walking the wrong way, one day you'll wake up in the wrong place. That's the thing. And so we have to make sure we really truly understand that. And not just understand the truth of it, but understand how to put that across. Why is it that we talk as believers about Jesus, so much about Jesus? Why do you talk so much? Well, I don't know if you do, but you should be doing it. So why do you talk about Jesus? Because you love him. Why do you love him? Because 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, nobody else needs to speak. Maureen, just write your list. I'm only joking. I'm really only joking, Maureen. It's wonderful. Your first thing that you said, you love him because he first loved you. And you know that. You know that not just because it's words on a page, although it is. You know it because in your heart there comes this love that you can't explain. And it's for a God that you cannot see. And how has that happened? Because his spirit has lived within you. And who is the spirit? The spirit of Christ. It's the spirit of Christ who lives in you. I'm not discounting God the Father. He's our Father and we come to him through Jesus. But what I'm saying is what God's saying. Everything points to Christ. Everything in your life should point to Christ. Every word you speak should point to Christ. Everything you do, everything you think, everything you feel should point to Christ Jesus. And when you do, it will glorify God. It will glorify God. If you never say another word, if you only think about Jesus, it will glorify God. If you can't even think because your mind's too wrapped up and weird and atrophies and you can only feel, it will glorify God. Your feeling and your thinking and your doing and speaking, all of it will glorify God if it is focused on Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying don't speak because I don't have to say that. Because as soon as you think about Jesus and feel about Jesus, you can't even hold back the words. My Lord and my God. Yes, you want to speak out about Jesus. You can't even hold it in. Because it's something in there that's so wonderful. I don't mean you always have the right words. I don't mean that you always do it without stuttering. You know, or you're sitting in the hairdressers as I was yesterday and you desperately want to tell her about the Lord Jesus, but somehow it's just really hard to get it in between the mousse and the cutting and the washing and, you know, and the drying. And so I don't mean it's always easy practically to do, but what I'm saying is it's the heart. Do you have that heart to share Jesus? Do you have the heart to tell people about Jesus? Come what may. Come what may. Come what may, do you believe that everybody puts in your, that God puts in your path? He's put in for a reason, and that reason is to hear about Jesus. Do you believe that everything that's happened in your life is for the purpose of you being able to share Jesus? Everything that will happen is for the purpose of you being strengthened and emboldened to talk about Christ. That's where we have to get to, and that's what Psalm 96 is a call to. It's a call to worship Jesus Christ, to worship the Lord, who is the righteous judge of all the earth, who is coming, Revelation, we began in Revelation, who is coming to judge the earth. He is coming, and you don't want to be on the wrong side of that. So everything, you know, I live with an unsaved husband and you can imagine, he doesn't want to be hearing about Jesus every moment of every day. But I can't listen to what he wants. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean by that. I mean, I don't hit him with it over the Weetabix in the morning usually, but, <laughs> but I have to tell him about Jesus because even though he doesn't know, he needs Jesus. He does. He doesn't know he does, but he needs him. So... This is what we have to get to. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. Tell everybody about his deeds in your life. Really. 
Barbara, you've got a testimony. You've got a testimony that just rings and shines of Jesus. It does. No, but it doesn't matter. It's true that you have. You don't feel it. There you go. There you go. And that's your witness. And that's your testimony. And your testimony is probably going to sound and ring clearer with people who go through what you have just gone through. And my friend who's been in the hospital with her husband having half his lung cut away and not knowing whether he's going to make it and him being unconscious for three weeks and people talking to her, nurses saying to her, I don't understand why you're not panicked. Her own family saying, you must be you know, feeling really terrible and her saying, no, I'm not. I'm not because I know my God and he is upholding me. That's the witness. That's the testimony. And I could point to people in this room. Alan just to make sure you're awake at the back. <laughs> Alan's life, as long as I've known him, is a testimony to the reality of Jesus. It is. It's an amazing witness to the reality of Jesus and all that he does. My life is a testimony. I mean, who on earth would have thought that I would ever be a Christian? It's impossible to imagine. Honestly. I'm sure you were all nuts. How is that possible that God would take someone like me and do this? Maureen, the little I know of your story. Look at that. Look at the witness of that. The majesty of it and the amazing grace of it. That's your testimony. I'm still working on this. <laughs> 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 yes. So... Um, but it, our decision is, our decision is always right up front. Will I sing? Will I sing? In the pit that I'm in, will I say, Lord, give me a song in this place. Give me a song of, of witness and testimony to your greatness. Kim, I'm just forgetting you. <laughs> yeah, <we're laughs> yeah. Kim's one of the peculiar people. <laughs> but her, your, recent, your recent life is a testimony to the power of God. It's a testimony and a witness. The fact that you're here, sitting here, that is a testimony to the power and the witness of God. And I could say like so many people, Ed, sitting at the back, they're all quiet, thinking I've forgotten him, but I haven't. <laughs> His life is a testimony. It's not that he always does everything right. I certainly know that, that's for sure. No, but... <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Ed. But his, he, it's a testimony. It's a testimony because he lives in, in, with constant pain. And he's still here. And he's still saying hallelujah. And he's still praising God. That is the testimony, the witness. That is what singing is all about. It's singing that song. Rosemary, you're sitting there and your eyes are filling with tears. But you're still here. You're here today. Yes, yes, remembering a husband who suffered something similar. It's the testimony, the witness to who God is. You know, and we need to be singing, <coughs> singing a new song. You're going to be opposed in that singing. I mean, no one's going to want to hear your song out, you know, not many, but you're going to sing anyway. 
three, you know, how many people do you know in Tesco's in the checkout who are going to want to hear you rattle on about the Lord Jesus and how wonderful he's been to you this week? Probably not many, but somebody in there will hear something and God will use that something. Okay. Psalm 96. We are told that God's people should do at least three things. And the first thing is we are to declare God's glory, the Lord's glory. Sing to the Lord. What does he say? Tell of his glory among the nations. Tell the truth about God to anybody and everybody. Tell of his salvation. Declare his glory. Talk about his marvelous work. Do this among all peoples. Now, do you know what that means? That means you're to do that with Muslims and Jews and atheists and Hindus and Buddhists and Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons, all of them. If they knock at your door, you're supposed to ask them in and give them a cup of tea and share the gospel with them. Yes, you are to share the gospel. They are coming up to you saying they know God and you are going to tell them, this is the God you purport to know. Truly, they won't tie you up in knots. They might have done a long time ago, but they won't do it now. You find the verses, what you do in advance. You mark your Bible with a little JW on the side. <laughs> <laughs> and you find those verses and you talk to them about, you know, Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And then go down a little bit further. And I was dead, but behold, I am alive forevermore. Well, when did God die? When did Jehovah die? They haven't an answer because their God is a single God who never died. So right there in their own Bible, they have the statement that he was dead and behold, he lives forevermore. Find those verses for the Jehovah's Witnesses, for the Mormons, for the Hindu, for the Buddhist, for the atheist, for those people who are sitting on the fence. That's the best. When they say, I'm just sitting on the fence, you just say, well, that's really great, but actually there's no fence. There's no fence. You're either there or you're there. Alan. Yeah, they don't usually come back to my house. And actually, when my husband answers the door, he says, oh, just wait a minute. I've got someone who really wants to talk to <laughs> So, yeah, but they don't come back. 
yeah. But that's perfect. That's perfect. Find the places. Find the places that you're familiar with and, and be ready. Be ready for the agnostic to say, there's no fence. I'm so sorry. You're either dead or you're alive. You're in the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. There's no, there's no middle ground. You know, for, the, for whoever it is, for the Buddhist who's trying to find self-enlightenment, oh my goodness, the, lo- the more you look at yourself, the less you will feel that you want to see that person. Because inside of you is the worst sort of stuff. That's the truth. So find a way, find the scriptures, because what we're supposed to do is speak of the Lord's glory to everybody. Find a way to do it with grace. Jesus in John's Gospel, John chapter 1, verse 18, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Fill your mind with the truth and your heart with the grace. Fill yourself with his grace and his truth. Ask him to be gracious through you. Ask him to renew your mind so that you are transformed into the image of of Jesus. Talk to him about that. And then the second thing, that was number one, the second thing, call and invite other people to join you. Look at verse 7. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Verse 1. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Don't just tell people about Jesus. Invite them. Invite them. You know, I think... So many times in my Christian life, excuse me, Natalie, I just would tell people about Jesus so they couldn't take another thing. And I would fill their minds with everything I knew about Jesus. And let me tell you what I know about Jesus. And in the end, they didn't want to know that Jesus because he was too strong and he hit them too hard. I could, I could debate anyone, especially when I was drinking. Oh, my goodness, what I couldn't tell you about Jesus. But there was no grace There was no grace in there. It was truth, but no grace. Invite them into the gospel of the grace of God. I've told you about this Redeemer and all that he's done in my life. I've told you how wonderful he is and how amazing he is. Do you want to know Jesus? Do you want to experience his love? That's the thing. We're not offering someone a choice of religions. We're not saying, you know, you've got to be converted to my way of thinking. What we're saying is, I've met this fabulous guy. He is amazing. He is God. He created everything. And he loves you beyond your wildest dreams. He will die for you. He has died for you and will continue to have that death experienced in your life. He will protect you and deliver you and love you. He will show compassion to you and loving kindness to you. (coughs) Invite them to join you. Third thing, third thing. I've lost my place, sorry, when I was bashing Natalie over the (laughs) heads. Uh, Psalm 96. Um, 
warn them of judgment for the all the gods of the peoples are idols but the Lord made the heavens verse 10 say to the nations the Lord reigns indeed the world is firmly established it will not be moved he will judge the peoples with equity and verse 13 before the Lord for he is coming he is coming to judge the earth he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in faithfulness there's God that we worship, the God who died for us, who took all of our sin and offers us life, he is coming back. And when he comes, he comes with judgment. He said in the Gospels, I didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. But there is a day coming when he will judge. He will judge. Don't just call them to join you or declare his glory. Tell them, tell them you are depending on a false God, an idol, and that idol won't save you. You know, I know we don't want to talk about hell. I don't even want to talk about it here. I know that we don't want to. And we don't want those hellfire and damnation sermons anymore because we're all about love and all about gentleness and all about kindness. And because there's so many reasons and we know about them, why people do what they do. And we feel so sorry. We love them. We want to care for them. We don't want people to think about the uh, consequences of their unbelief or their non-belief. But you don't love someone that you don't tell the truth about the fullness of Jesus. That's not love. If you've got children, it's not love to let them play with carving knives. That's not love. That will kill them if they play too hard. It's not love to let your, your teenager go off and, and try all sorts of drugs and not do anything about it. That's not love. That's abuse. It's not love to let your children do things that you know will kill them. And in just the same way, it is not love not to tell people that Jesus is returning and when he does, he will judge. Now, again, you know, let's be realistic. I'm not saying that's the first thing you're going to be saying to someone in the Tesco's line. Jesus is coming back tomorrow and you're for judgment. Well, you know, no. But have that in your mind. Everybody needs to move from death to life. They're dead without Jesus. And they'll be continually dead through eternity. And I know it's hard. And I know it's difficult to find the words. But we must find them. And the grace, the grace to put it over in love. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tremble before him all the earth. Everybody of every nation, of every people, of every religion, of every color, of every everything. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. Now, how should we feel about that then? How do you feel about that? Challenged, yeah, challenged, challenged. So do you think one person can fulfill that? No. 
it takes a whole family to tell the world about Jesus. It takes a whole community to tell the word, to tell the world about Jesus. And you might be a sender or a goer or a encourager or a prayer. You might be anything in that purpose and plan. You could be someone who who sits with another group of people and prays for them and helps them to find their courage and their boldness to go out. You could be the person who's raring to go out of the door. Just let me at them, let me at them. (laughs) You could be the person who makes the, the coffee and the tea and the cake and welcomes everybody home when they're all weary and tired and it's been so hard. You can have any role in the family, but you've got to be in. And you've got to have the same purpose. The purpose is the salvation of every person in the world. I mean, you're not going to save everybody in the world. Of course not. But that's your purpose, to tell everybody about Jesus. Have you watched? uh, And and when you tell them, when you tell them, there's a certain way of telling. And I think I've probably covered it already, but I want to tell you this in my notes because I thought it was really good. you don't watch football, do you? Does anybody in here watch football? Yes, Alan does, and me. Okay, so I watch football. And uh, I sing the songs, <laughs> you know, for my team. I sing the songs. I have varying teams, depending on who's doing well. <laughs> no, actually, depending on their manager. But there's only five teams that I switch between. Well, now it's only three. Um, uh, anyway, so I'm sorry, <laughs> get back to the song. So, have you watched, if, when you ever watch a Premier League match or England play someone or Wales or whatever it is, and you're with the supporters, you see them on the TV, what are they doing when their team scores a goal? Cheering. They're cheering and they're standing up and they're singing. Football supporters sing. Think of rugby. Rugby supporters, they sing. They sing. And when their team wins, Oh my goodness, it's like an eruption. They're standing up, they're cheering. I know you probably don't like to see it, so think of it all nicely, all nice people in there in the crowd. And they're all singing and they're cheering and they're waving their arms around. Why? Because they're on the winning team. They're part of that team and they've just won the match. And it's amazing and they're so happy and so full of joy. Okay, now think of us as a Premier League, Tottenham Hotspur, or Liverpool, who are doing very well at the moment. Think of those and be a part of the crowd. Put yourself in the cop end. You'll never walk alone. That's what they sing. And their arms are going backwards and forwards. You'll never walk alone. And when they win, the sound in Anfield, you cannot imagine. It's an amazing sound of victory. How many churches and places like this do we want to be in and hear that sound? I want to hear that sound. I want to hear the sound of I'm, I'm on the winning team and we've just won. And oh my goodness, it was a fantastic match and it was hard fought. And the centre forward got a bit lost there and somebody else got beaten up and, and he went off with a slightly broken ankle. But we won. <laughs> we won. Do you see what I mean? I'm trying to make it real. That's you and I. We belong to the winning team. We've won. It's done. And in heaven, they're singing, you'll never walk alone. You'll never, ever, ever walk alone. And what we do on the planet is we, 
know that we're on that team and we sing together. We sing together. We wave together. We walk together. We live together. We love together. We care together. We do it all together because we know. Can you imagine being at Anfield? One person in the cop end. Can you imagine? What sort of joy would there be there? One person alone amongst all those empty seats. That's just picture. I mean, find your own thing. Dance. What is it? Um, strictly, whatever. Strictly. I don't like strictly, but strictly. You know, in the crowd. There's always the people are together. They want to enjoy together. They want to experience things together. We're built to be together. And that's true, more true in the family of God than it is in any other place. Um, we have to feel excited about who we are. Now, how can you feel excited about who you are as you're a Christian? How can you feel excited? Tell me, when you wake up tomorrow morning, I don't know, or Monday morning when you've got to go to work, for those who do, how will you be excited about the purpose of your life? How will you do that? So that's it, exactly. That's what you'll do. You'll sing to the Lord your song. You will sing, sing to the Lord your song. You will fill your mind with the truth of everything that's in the word and everything that God has already shown you. And you will make it a, a necessity of your life to get together in fellowship with other believers. And when you're together, you are not going to tell them about the broken ankle that you got when you were tackling somebody on the field. You're going to tell them about the result. What was the result of your game? So-and-so came to the Lord. Can you believe it? I've been talking to that person for 10 years, and they came to the Lord. And it cost me a broken ankle, and it cost me some night's sleep, and it cost me this, and it cost me that. But they came to the Lord. Nobody's excited. Get excited out there, everybody. Have I lost you all? I've lost you all in Enfield. You're all up there somewhere. He probably knew something we don't know, Mike. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, this is, you know, in Psalm 96, look at what he says. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. We belong to a victorious God and he is greatly to be praised. And we're speaking of glory. We're speaking of glory, but because we can't see it and touch it, we don't understand what it is. But we're speaking of glory and we have to be excited. You're hot, Kim. Yeah. Oh, we're never on the losing team, Maureen. Never. If it feels like the losing, yes, yes, definitely, definitely. But that's why we need each other, isn't it? Because often we feel like we're losing, but actually we've already won. That's it. 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm glad to see you're getting into it now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, okay. So we we need to be excited about our song because can you imagine singing like this? And everybody, in the, I've got a sing song to sing to you about Jesus, and I really want you to know. Now, can you imagine anyone wanting to sing that song with me? No. So you need to be singing and excited and, and everything else. And the reason that you have to be excited is that you were born to sing about God. You were just born to sing about God. You were born for glory. You were born to talk about glory. And you were born to live in glory and experience glory. That is your purpose. That is why you were born again. You were born for glory. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is desperate. It's desperately sad. It is. It's a tragedy, actually. It's a tragedy. But it's the truth and the reality about the church very often. Yeah. Yeah, I know. No, you're a Christian. You can't definitely have fun. I know. So, to belong to all to belong to Jesus means that you love all people and you sing. You sing, sing, sing in whatever way you do. You sing. Um I want to just read a quote from um someone called J. Campbell White. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of him. He started um, a businessman's gospel kind of thing in the early 1900s. And here's what one of the main leaders among them said. <coughs> and this was about men. It was a men's businessman thing. So it, most men are not satisfied with the permanent output of their lives. Nothing can wholly satisfy, satisfy the life of Christ within his followers except the adoption of Christ's purpose towards the world he came to redeem. Fame, pleasure, riches are but ashes in contrast with the boundless and abiding joy of working with God for the fulfillment of his eternal plans. The men who are putting everything into Christ's undertaking are getting out of life its sweetest and most priceless rewards. How should you feel about the purpose of Christ, that he be glorified in the world? How should you feel like that? How should you feel about it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all good, all good. Enthusiastic, excited, all good. But according to that man, and I think according to the Bible, when you understand the purpose of Christ, you should <coughs> receive that as your purpose. That is your purpose, and that is where you'll find meaning to your life. When you live with Christ's plan and his purpose uppermost in your thinking and in your mind and in your life and in your heart and every which way you can say it, you will find your own purpose and meaning. Do you see what I mean? You, suddenly, your life will make sense. There'll be a reason for your existence. 
you'll understand that, wow, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. I've been looking. That's how I feel. My whole life. I, most of the time I didn't know that I didn't have purpose, but when I did know that, <laughs> when I did think about it, I knew there was something else, something more. And now this purpose of God is my purpose. And in that find, I found myself. I found. Hey? Oh, well, a lot of stuff got in the way. Oh, I see, I see. No, actually, no, no. I don't actually, Mike. I, I can justify myself perfectly well all the time. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't I find it earlier? Well, because I'm a numbskull, that's yeah. why. I'm a pea brain person. Mm. Definitely. Searching for meaning and purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No. No, no. And the, the tragedy, though, the biggest tragedy, is that Christians do that too. They're searching for meaning and purpose, and all the time, it's right there. The purpose of God for your life is that you sing about his glory, and in the singing, that you draw other people into the family of God. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, right, right. Oh, uh, okay. I might have told you to behave a little bit. <laughs> With the orange hair and the tamashanta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, and then we're going to finish Psalm 96, verse 11 and 12. Why is it important for you to be singing? Because you can't ask other people to sing if you're not singing. And verse 11 and 12, let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all it contains. Let the field exult and all that's in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. Even the creation will sing for joy. Sings for joy. Why? Because they are created to worship and to glorify God. We need to be singing. Sing to the Lord with all our heart. Now, I know that some of you go to great churches, and that's wonderful. Sing to the Lord in your church. Sing to the Lord in your fellowship. Spread, spread the truth about who Jesus is in your church. Spread it. Live for his glory. But if you don't, and if all you do is come here, then join with us. That's what we're going to do as this year unfolds. We're going to evangelize. We're going to deliberately sing to the Lord from this place or from wherever we are. We're going to sing songs of glory to God. We're going to learn how to do that. We're going to uh, spend time committing ourselves to doing that. We're going to help each other to do that. So there'll be senders and there'll be goers and there'll be prayers and there'll be cookers and there'll be whatever, you know. You know what I mean. There'll be all sorts <laughs> no, no. Actually, Mike, you'll be the only one. You'll be the only one. And I'm going to put Sirens to Baptist Church on your back so that nobody knows you've come from here. That's what I think. 
Um, yeah, okay. I Sorry, I think I went all over the place and back again. Um, there you go. Yeah, no, there you go. I'm going to, uh, fi yeah, I'm going to finish with this, you know, um, don't live off last month's experience with the Lord. Have a new experience. God is at work all the time. He is real. He is personal. He is working. He is working here in the building. He's working in Sirencester. He's working in your house. He's working in your street. He's working in your job. He is always, always at work. And all that he's asking us to do is come along with him. So I'm going to finish with Revelation 5, verse 9 and 10. The new song, Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals. For you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for my saviour and my redeemer. I thank you that I am part of a family. I'm part of his body. I thank you that every part of everything is focused on him and I ask Lord God that you help me to live in the truth of that Lord every moment in the days when I don't feel like it and the days when it's hard I ask you Lord God to, to have your way in me so much so that I have a new song that I live I have a song to sing about your glory I have a, a way of sharing who you are Lord and I ask you to do that for your glory and also because I know, Lord, that it will be my great joy. So I thank you for the purpose and meaning that I find in a life lived for Christ. And I thank you that I can do that together with other believers. And I ask, Lord God, that you be glorified in our weakness and in our failings and in our in our everything, Lord God, that you who has promised to cause all things to work together for good, for those who love you and are called according to your purpose, that you would show us clearly that purpose and the way that you will fulfill it in and through us. And Lord God, that you will enable us to live a life that shouts songs of glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen.